0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on the Mexico United and then the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff Joining me this evening for the second show in a row, Jacob Terrell. Jacob, how are you? How how is the family? How's everyone doing? Are you ready for Christmas as a parent?
1: Uh, are you ever ready for Christmas as a parent? <laughs> no. Um, uh, we're we're about as ready as we're going to be kind of I mean we haven't wrapped any presents so mm. I guess not but uh that's on the agenda for tomorrow um no I, I'm good family's good uh, I took a small impromptu trip to Florida uh over the weekend uh so that was cool oh nice yeah my cousin caught a shark back in August and had it uh had a replica made and had to go pick it up and they wasn't supposed to be ready till after Christmas they said oh it's ready and we needed to come get it like before Christmas. So hmm. me and him and another friend of ours made an impromptu road trip out there and spent uh, 50, 60, 68 hours mm-hmm. out of a 98-hour stretch uh, on the road. So that was fun. But no, had a good time. Got back. Uh, been at work the last couple days. And um yeah, excited for, for what we have on the agenda tonight because out of nowhere, we got a couple little pieces of information.
0: Yeah, it kind of popped up out of nowhere. Uh, before we hop into all of the news and stuff, I do want to wish on behalf of all of us to everyone out there listening or watching, Merry Christmas. Because uh, we will not speak to – we won't see you guys. We won't talk to you guys, um, at least not here until after the new year. Um, you know, w- Jacob and Earl and myself, well, obviously, you know, we're going to stay in touch throughout the holidays and things, but, you know, a very Merry Christmas to everyone and a happy new year. Uh, Chances are we won't be back until after the first of the year, but what a way to close out the year. So much, uh, so many things have dropped here. I I almost want to say past 24 hours, but I mean, really it started on Friday. It started on Friday with, and, and this is quite possibly the biggest, (laughs) One of the the biggest news stories they hit in this offseason, and that's MLS on Friday announced that they wanted to pull their first teams out of the U.S. Open Cup. I'm so done with this shit. (laughs) Isn't this awful? Like, this is such a power move by MLS. And, you know, you go into the weekend listening to this announcement, and when you look at the way that they said it, they wanted to use their MLS next pro clubs as and put it in as a developmental thing, and part of the problem that I have with this is that MLS said that it's because of schedule congestion. Now, those of us that follow MLS know that last year MLS announced the Leagues Cup with Liga MX. They also announced this. Stupid expanded playoff format where they play best of three series, which is absolutely stupid. If you ask me, especially in soccer and they're going to come in here, they're going to cite, they're they're going to cite schedule congestion for not wanting to use the first teams in the open cup, the biggest national tournament that we have in the sport of soccer and the 2024 edition will be the 109th edition of the tournament. I think this all just goes and points to the fact that MLS just does not give two shits whatsoever about U.S. soccer and the growth of the sport here at home. I mean, what, when you heard this announcement, Jacob, I mean, what was the first thing that ran through your mind? And and obviously the backlash came across social media, the pundits. This is, the, this is probably the only time I've ever seen pundits and fans all 100% aligned with a thought
1: process. Oh, hot take. I don't care. I just don't care. If if they send the MLS... I mean, let's face it. In the first round that they enter in, maybe the first two rounds, it's, it's a majority MLS next team that we're playing anyways. Mm-hmm. And you usually don't see it until... I don't know, the semifinals. I mean, yeah, we played in Minnesota in the quarterfinals and they had not the A team, but
0: I was pretty damn close to the A team. But it,
1: a, a pretty close, pretty damn close to the A team. And so they really don't start taking it serious until they're right there, anyways. So, one, I don't understand why MLS is even throwing this bitch fit when that's the case anyways. And they also well,
0: part of the problem is because of the MLS roster rules, they have to roster the, they can't roster all these next pro players. Right. And still main and still be in compliance with all the MLS roster rules. Although you, open cup has far fewer restrictions. Right. In terms of who can and can't play, but yeah, I mean, it, it really hamstring. So I, I do understand you. MLS is somewhat restrained with the roster rules. But they can always loan players. I mean, we've seen the short-term loans, you know, 90-day players. I mean, we loan Cody for the sake of an Open Cup, you know. But it's just one of those things where I think this is a really, really bad move by MLS. And it just – it's just another log on the fire of MLS doesn't fucking care about U.S. soccer.
1: They – why why should they
0: why should they yes because you look at the growth of the sport here within the US and you see the potential that is that is coming up through through these academies through the USL academies through homegrown products through these players now you know being signed at as teenagers to go play overseas Ricardo Pepe you've got you know you got christian pulisic playing at a very high level overseas right now you've got so your your argument is
1: there's youth coming up that they're saying like i their their whole argument is they want to play the youth so how is playing the youth in a huge tournament saying fuck
0: u.s sucker I'm saying them pulling out as a whole because you're not putting forth the top level talent. I mean, this should be you know, this this is this is the equivalent of the Premier League saying fuck the FA Cup. They do, they hate the FA Cup, they, they do don't want to be a part it, of it. The the difference is there's there is prestige in winning that and getting to European championships, getting to the European tournaments by winning the FA Cup by winning the Carabao cup, they, they have that ability to go and play in the bigger tournaments in Europe. And that's something that can still be obtained through open cup right now. The winner of open cup still gets a CCL spot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think this is just a big, it, it feels like a big fuck you to us soccer because they don't, because you know, the, the, the amount of money, the amount of, eyeballs could you imagine the eyes that would be put on the u.s open cup if Messi were to play in it if some of the more high level players were included and now they're suddenly being taken out of this and they're saying you know, screw this we're not doing this we're not putting our best talent on display we're only going to play these young kids who are more than likely going to lose at this point to usl this is going to be a if mls does not come back into the fold with this and there's another problem with this too we'll get to that in just a minute this will be the usl winning a ccl spot every year from here on out which is great for the usl but i think mls pulling the top tier talent in the nation out is a really bad look okay that you can say. You're, I was arguing with your argument,
1: basically, yeah. about the kids, because your argument was, "Oh, the kids aren't getting a chance," or the, I don't know what your argument was actually. But I don't know. I just one, I'm not, I'm not a diehard US Cup fan, obviously. Two, from what I've seen, yes, MLS still might not do it, but. at the end of the day, I think the first teams are going to be in there. They're just going to have some roster rules that change to where they can play the kids, the majority of that tournament. And then inevitably, if you're going for a trophy, if you're in the running for a trophy and you're down to the final eight teams or final four teams or in the championship, like if Miami makes it to the championship, even playing nobody, until that point, if they're true, if, if a trophy is this close, you might not see Messi, but you're going to see all the other top tier that they all the other top tier talent that they have.
0: Julian Gressel potentially going to Miami, by the way. So.
1: At the end of the day, until this see what pisses me off about it, what pisses me off about it is. They made the announcement. Everybody lost their shit. U.S. Soccer makes the announcement. Everybody reverse loses their shit. And then there's some people that point out, well, hey, the way they worded this and this and that and the other, like they still could do it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, why don't we we just wait till the tournament gets closer and figure out what they're going to do?
0: Yeah, you talked about the answer, the response from U.S. Soccer, and they came out today and said that they denied MLS's request to withdraw the first team's which I think is hilarious. I'm glad that U.S. soccer took that line in the sand and said, we're denying this request, although MLS had come out and did not word it as a request. Right. And now MLS soccer has come out and said something to the effect of uh, they haven't had enough time to uh, make an accurate decision or something along those lines. It's just, and now, so MLS is trying to word it a very specific way. Yeah. U.S. Soccer worded it a very specific way. The USL has come out and said, "Hey, you know, we think it's we think it sucks that they're pulling out. You know, we want to play the you want to play <clears throat> play the best talent in 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 the nation." And so, the other part of this that kind of got glossed over a little bit is the criteria for <clears throat> Division One sanctioning within U.S. Soccer. Now, part of the criteria for Division One sanctioning is that uh you all US based teams must participate in all representative US soccer and CONCACAF competitions for which they are eligible so mls is running a very big risk here of lo- potentially losing division 1 sanctioning if they don't participate with their first teams mm-hmm. cuz you can't throw a division 3 team in there and say oh yeah this works now, it may be a matter of who blinks first, and I think MLS blinks, because I don't think U.S. soccer is willing to give up that much money, right? that much attention on this tournament, and say, oh, yeah, sure, fine, we'll, we'll waive that rule or change that rule. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, Some of the comments over in the chat, Josh, because it's not your first team, you're not taking it seriously. Open Cup would be pissed uh, to lose views, not to mention beating MLS teams feels better than beating MLS two teams. I don't disagree with that one bit. Winning means something, absolutely. Um, I understand both sides for sure. I'd honestly be fine either way, but that means I don't blame Open Cup being pissed MLS wants to jump up. Yep, no, I don't blame Open Cup at all. Yeah, they can still play their MLS two players, right? This year, LAFC play their academy team basically against the USLC side in the cup. Mm -hmm. So they can, as long as 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 they're following uh, the league roster rules. (laughs) There are different rules for Open Cup roster uh, construction. However, those players have to be part of the MLS roster in order for them to play. So the MLS team still have to follow the league-specific rules in order to roster these players. Now, MLS did make some changes to their roster this year, roster rules this year, but not enough to do what some of these teams did in 2023, where they basically used their entire Academy. So yeah, I don't know. This is, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Cause I mean, qualifiers are already underway for right. 2024 and we probably know something here in about eight weeks, six weeks, give or take, as far as what who our first opponent will be in the Open Cup. And for MLS to, to drop this as late as they did in the process and basically expect U.S. soccer to capitulate to their almost demands, I think is it's ballsy by MLS, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't think they're going to be allowed out of this. And I I think eventually the the backlash, like I said, even the pundits are on board with, hey, this is a really, really bad idea. I I think MLS is going to have to backtrack on this.
1: They will for this year. And then we'll see what happens next year. And then so on and so forth. Um, Unfortunately, the Open Cup just doesn't have the... The Gravitas, as something like the FA Cup does over in England and stuff like that. It's just, yes, it's been, what'd you say, 109? This is the 109th edition this year. So 109, that's a big number. But how many of those were actually, like, how many people cared? When did people actually, like, when did more than, I don't know, 200 people start caring about it? That's that's the problem, is... You have a big number of years, but at the end of the
0: day, those first, I don't know, maybe 90 years meant very little. No, um, I, I don't disagree with you there. It, it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't have, as you said, the gravitas as, you know, the FA Cup or even the Carabao Cup. But th- this is the, the the longest running national tournament that we have. Right. And it's been a very long time since a non-MLS team won it. You have to go back to, I think it was 2000, uh what oh, was it? Nineteen ninety eight. I want to say it's nineteen ninety eight. Rochester Rhinor, Rhinos. They so, won. Yeah. They won the cup. So it's been a very long time since someone other than MLS won this. But at the same time, like, I, I, it is growing in popularity, and this is a huge. This would be a hugely missed opportunity for U.S. soccer if they allow MLS to back out of this, because the numbers are there. The viewership is going up on this you look at the numbers when they announced them after you know at the end of the at the end of the 2023 uh open cup and the numbers were better despite the the broadcasts being in some really shitty places to try to watch them because apple tv was not widely available for a lot of people you know and when you look at that compared to the availability on ESPN Plus and YouTube and, and and other locations. I mean, honestly, Bleacher Report. I mean, thankfully, Bleacher Report stepped in and broadcast some of the games. They picked up the rights to some of them. Right. But I, it, the growth is is <clears throat> is there compared to what the viewership was on ESPN, and the numbers have have borne that out. Exactly, Josh. Exactly. Not quite.
1: Not quite. Um, Yeah, so at at the end of the day, we don't know shit still. (laughs) I I think they'll end up playing first-teamers this season, but after that, it's definitely up in the air as to what's going to happen next with the U.S. Open Cup.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting what happens, but uh, one thing that is not up in the air is the future of RGV. RGV Toros came out and announced uh, was it Monday? I want to say it was Monday. Oh, sure. Yeah, because that was, that was I think it was schedule announce day. Uh, they came out and RGV Toros announced they were ceasing operations immediately. A friend of the show, Ron Patel obviously spent some time down at RGV, spent a year there as president of that club. And this is this has long been rumored. It's been floating around there for a long time, especially since RGV broke their official affiliation with Houston Dynamo. And the writing was kind of on the wall. Every time you watch the broadcast down there at HEB Park, the there didn't seem to be a lot of bodies in the stands. Now we can say that the year that you know that the year that Ron Patel spent down there. There was a giant growth, a lot of interest, a lot of RGV-centric activities and things going on around HEB Park, and you could see a, a growth down there. But after he left and came back to United, things kind of died off, and HEB Park is – I can't say it'll be missed – you know bees put out a comment on I think it was on Instagram or Facebook Twitter Twitter yeah um where he was saying uh, it was one of the one of the hardest places to play in USL championship he hates to see the club go but yeah. I think I think he and a lot of players will be glad to not have to go back to HEB. I mean it w- it was odd to 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 get that news and then see the schedule pop out and not see RGV on there. And Josh over in the chat, real <clears> quick. <throat> Cello returned, perhaps, maybe, but I doubt it.
1: I just say I don't even know was Cello there last year, or is he yeah. under contract? <laughs> it's a good question. That's the thing with with these. Like, obviously, we've seen a lot of new players um, from, well, old players from San Diego popping up and going everywhere else um, because. Well, as we know, San Diego no longer exists either, unfortunately. Um, and so I, I'd have to look and see what uh, RGV's
0: roster looked like. Um, Cello, sorry, real quick, he was with Ford Madison last. Yeah, year. that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, so have to see what their roster looked like at the end of last year and see where those players are are going to end up going. We haven't seen a whole lot of player movement. I feel like. Ah, uh, especially with United, um, mm-hmm. but throwing uh, a whole team's worth of free agents this late in the game could—you uh, could see some shakeup there for sure. And and like you said, going all the way down to to Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Ed- Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, yeah. Edinburgh. Um, was not popular. Um, we we did not fare well down there whatsoever. So. I'm not super sad to not have to go back, but also, like you said, it's, it sucks when these clubs go under, I think we're getting to a point now where like, yes, we lost two this year, uh, with San Diego and, and, uh, RGV over there, San Diego, San Diego wasn't a club that was struggling though. No. San Diego was, was a very good club, both on the pitch. And I think business wise, they were doing fairly well, uh, they got screwed over because uh, the aforementioned MLS uh, monster came and got got their, um, their area there and put a team in San, D- San Diego instead. So that one I, we could chalk up to uh, that unlucky. RGV, like you said, kind of could maybe sort of see it coming. There may be a couple other teams, uh, Las Vegas, <clears throat> looking at you, um, that – we wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see them them cease operations. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's just going to make the league stronger. It's going to weed out uh, some clubs that uh, are having a hard time or struggling that the other teams are going to kind of have to keep going. Um, we get two new clubs, you know, well, one old new club uh, to replace San Diego and and one brand new club to replace RGV or however you want to look at that. And so I'm I'm excited about those. They they are both going to be in the East, but so we lose two West teams, gain two East teams. That part kind of sucks, especially for Memphis and Tulsa having to to move over to the West, which we'll we'll touch on more as we when we get to the to the big news. Uh, in my opinion, the the news that I think everybody's most excited for uh, with the schedule release. And so I think as we see these turnovers and and some of these clubs that are question will go out and you get something like North Carolina FC who is who's been around for quite a while and has proven that they can can be in USL Championship and succeed there uh, and then you then you give a chance like to Rhode Island who um I'm really excited about what they're doing over there already and and um hopefully they can build something there that's probably a, a, an area that It's going to be a little bit easier. It's not going to be as hard for other teams to travel to. Uh, I think there's probably a a little bit of a hole there for soccer fans in Rhode Island if they, I mean, Rhode Island's pretty small, but um, I think it's a a good move putting a team there and I'm excited for what they're doing. so just give these new areas a chance and, and figure out what teams are going to settle in and what teams are going to fall out. And then you can start talking pro rel and you can start doing this and start doing that. And, And uh, I think it'll just make the USL as a whole better in the long run. Unfortunately, Um, RGV has to be sacrificed. But at the end of the day, it's what it is.
0: I think a lot of the issues with RGV came down to management. Obviously, Wilmer Cabrera did the best he could with, with the talent he had there. And RGV, as we all know, was always a tough out. They always seemed to play really hard, especially at HEB. They always seemed to find a way to put themselves in that playoff conversation, no matter how poorly they were early in the season, especially over these past couple of years. So it is a real shame to see another club fold, but it's, it speaks to the nature a little bit of us soccer, where if you don't have those strong affiliations, where if you don't have management, that seems to really have a knack for what they're doing, you're going to continue to run into issues, and in again, RGV had been rumored for a couple of years to be ceasing operations at you know at some point. And there was a lot of talk, and I know USLPA was not happy at all with ha- the late decision that was made by RGV to cease operations this year. So there very well could be a lot of roster movement. A lot of guys going a lot of different places. Maybe it changes some plans for United and some other clubs. But, you know, of the two clubs that folded after 2023, you know, San Diego and RGV, like you mentioned, I think San Diego is the one that's going to miss more because that was such a tremendous market there. It really was. And they put such a good product out on the pitch. And the, the success that they had in just a few years that they were around, it really makes you wonder, okay, what could have happened? Mm-hmm had <clears> they <throat> been able to stick around?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's a tougher one. RGV is, I mean, we all we all knew who RGV was. They they always fought for a champ or a, a, a playoff spot, and you know, we talked about how hard it was to go down there. They were always an interesting team to watch, especially playing if you watched them at home with that big ass field and and the heat and humidity down there. It was just it was interesting, but. At the end of the day, San Diego was was one of the up and coming clubs in the in the league. And they had a great rivalry going with Phoenix already. I loved watching those matches. They disappointed in the playoffs. Uh, I think pretty much every year, um, but were you know they hosted playoff games. I think multiple years in a row. Um, had a ton of talent. Had. Um, Seemed to have a good pipeline from overseas to get good talent in from overseas and had a, had a good group of fans had awesome kits. I mean, they, they were really on the up and up there and, and to see them go, which I think is one of the reasons why MLS was, was so attracted to that market because they, an MLS team went in there and and built something from nothing and was like, actually, you know, building a fan base there and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that mls team if it's going to be like st louis where you know st louis had the the mls team it did pretty good and then the or usl team sorry and did pretty good and then the mls team came in and they've fucking killed it honestly um the marketing has been great they've gotten plenty of fans um they won the West. They made the playoffs. Um, got past? No, they didn't get past. They got knocked out in the first round in that best of three, like you were talking about earlier. But still, they're doing really good. So to see, will be interesting to see if San Diego can can kind of follow that path of taking what USL had done and and blowing it up uh, because they have the money and and financials to do that. So. Yeah, it's, it sucks, but like I said, I'm excited for this Rhode Island team. Um, I'm glad North Carolina is getting a chance to come back, uh, and it's bringing two new faces uh, to the West that we'll, we'll be able to play a couple home-and-home matches with.
0: Yeah, FC Tulsa coming back. Obviously, they've been in the West before, Memphis being added, and all of that came out. And I, it, Honestly, I saw a tweet today from Pete. Maybe go, holy shit. We are 10 weeks away from the beginning 10 weeks like that's that's crazy to think about at this point mm-hmm. like, it, it, we've gotten so little news but now here we are Yes, said 10 weeks like I I cannot wait and obviously we were shocked on Monday that the schedule dropped mm-hmm. uh, with with little to no warning. Uh, well, either... that's because
1: every year so far has been, hey, here's the home openers, mm-hmm. and then, okay, the schedule's going to drop soon, and then all of a sudden we get this big production from United of a video uh, for the schedule release that you know they've done in a bunch of different ways, but at the end of the day, it's it's a big deal, and and this was like, hey, one <laughs> hour. Monday. <laughs> yeah one hour and then an hour passes and it's like here you go and just a yeah. graphic with the home and the away schedules and it's like holy shit what what the
0: like, yeah
1: i was driving back from florida when it came out i believe and was just like what what is yeah. this you mean oh what yeah. and so honestly i was a little like i'm very happy to get it because it is do you off the top of your head when do you think we got the schedule last year the whole schedule I don't think it was until
0: after the first of the year. Correct. Because it it was, it was late because there was something uh, they were figuring out the, uh, the interconference play.
1: It was January 9th. Yeah. But we've never gotten the schedule this early Mm -mm. ever. Um, no. So it's awesome to get the schedule this early and be able to come on here talk about it, look at it. Um, gives us a little more time to see if, uh, we can plan an away game or an away match here and there. And, um, that's that part's awesome. But I'm kinda like a little a little disappointed that we didn't get a video, like a release video, and and you know, a little bit of a home opener where it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and so I'm just, just a little disappointed, but we have it. There it is. There's the home schedule right there in front mm-hmm. of us. Um five years to the day from our inaugural match. Uh, we get Pittsburgh Riverhounds here. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, two black and yellow clubs going at it. Um, five years to the day from from Dev's opening goal for the club. I mean, it's it's that's going to be cool. And we go three matches on the road. Um, that's the one thing they didn't have a. They don't have a schedule where it's actually all lined up. A nice little graphic yeah. where it's all lined up. So, and I'll, and I'll
0: be honest, this one bugs me. The way they did it, the way it goes backwards. Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> oh, it I drives will.
0: me nuts. So
1: you can get rid of that. I have the schedule here in front of me. Okay, uh, it's it's annoying how we how it's on there. You know, we get um, we get a home match followed by three away matches, uh, including Rhode Island's first ever match in the USL, mm-hmm. uh, first ever home match in the USL. Which will be fun We're we currently in talks with um, A Rhode Island podcast uh, that's, that's obviously just starting up With the start of the Rhode Island uh, Season there And so uh, we're, we're probably going to have them on us or On our pod Where One of us might pop over onto theirs um, And so it's cool that a club like that Already has a podcast That um, is already active and, and, and trying to engage In, in other podcasts I was chatting with them on Twitter today um said that they had, had listened to several of our episodes and and or a lot of our episodes try to you know figure out what they're going to do so so that's always cool I, I love uh, other clubs getting getting some coverage from from fans and and media like us so that's good uh Charleston and then Phoenix to round out the month of March other than the home opener are you looking more forward to that Rhode Island match or a Charleston match that, you know, our Charleston games have always been fun or is it, is it the clear and obvious choice of Phoenix? Who? (laughs) All right. Rhode Island it
0: is. (laughs) No, I I really am excited for, for Rhode Island and North Carolina. Those are two that popped out for me initially, Mm -hmm. you know, North Carolina FC coming back to USL championship after self relegating down the league one to see them come back. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. They have a great atmosphere out there. They've always had some really good matches, particularly with some of the East coast clubs. You look at some of the matches against South or Tormenta and some of the, and Greenville and Greenville, like just some really, really great soccer being played out in North Carolina. So those two stood out initially, uh, in terms of away matches. I also looked at, um, the fact that we have two Saturday matches against San Antonio. Finally. Wow. Yeah. No midweek oh, San God. Antonio match. Um, both of those are on Saturdays, which I think is which I think is really great. Finally, the month of July is going to be interesting. Um, you look at you know one away match for the entire month of July against El Paso, but you look at some of those other away matches. You know, Detroit City is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we play at Indy Eleven this year, but you know, I, I just I'm so excited for this season. I look at like I said, I look at these matches and. There's a lot there's not really any like extended road trips other than that first week, that first month of the season. So Well, we have so we have home road 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 home
1: road 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 home home road home home, home or road on it. it's it's that first four you know the last 3 in April. Mhm. And then it's or first three, sorry, three in April and then three in April slash May on the road. And then after that, it's kind of back and forth, like you said. Mm-hmm. We do finish the month of or the season in in October with two home and two away. Those will be good. Um,
0: the great thing the, about that is we start and finish the season at home. We do, we which do. I which, which is like, new.
1: Yeah, we end the season against Memphis again, which we ended,
0: ended it against them last year, too. Mm-hmm. We did. And the season ends later this year, too, October 26th, mm-hmm. a later end date for the USL season. So that's going to be interesting. I, I, obviously, there are breaks built in there for, for Open Cup and for international play. Um, not so much the international play, but you know you do have those breaks in there, This and the season is a bit longer, uh, which I think is great. I think it's going to be a really fun season. I mean, you look at July, you get four home July matches which is going to be really really hot. Um but I mean, yeah, you look at those uh Orange County or Sacramento, Birmingham and then Las Vegas. I think I think it's a great July lineup. It really is.
1: Yeah, I really have no 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 issues with the Schedule whatsoever. I mean, it's a pretty balanced schedule. There's not a whole lot of um, crazy travel built in, even with playing the East Coast teams. Mm-hmm. Most of our East Coast games are kind of sort of spread out. We do have, you know, we kind of have Rhode Island and, and Charleston a week apart here there in March. Then we've got North Carolina and Tampa Bay a week apart in April.
0: And then after I- that. I wouldn't be surprised if we just stayed on the East Coast for those. Um, I, I could see I could see it going either way. I think it would be smarter to just keep the guys out there for the week. That way you're so, not yeah. dealing with the with the travel and the jet lag and you know dealing with all of that going back and forth throughout the week. So I it wouldn't surprise me if the club stayed out there those two weeks, but if if I'm a player, I want to come home. Mm, well.
1: I want those five nights in my own bed. Uh, eating my own food um but we talked about we talked to some players last year about or maybe it was a year before about the um extended road trips for preseason that they would do and how they really kind of gelled during those times so mm-hmm. so I could definitely see especially if you know we're we're struggling or something like that or not quite where the uh quill wants the team to be then we can um Stay out there, kind of grow as a team on the road and, and do it that way too. So who knows?
0: One thing to note too about this, because I just realized that there are no midweek away matches. All of our midweeks are at home.
1: That is interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there's not a lot of midweek period. Mm, We just have the four. And then obviously, you know, open cup is going to pop up as midweeks as well. But yeah, you've got the four and and, but none of them are, they're all July and later. Yeah.
1: That's, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting way the schedule worked out. Again, I know we talked to Harry a lot in the past couple of years about the fact that there was never about, there never seemed to be a Saturday series with, with San Antonio. So yeah, looking at that, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I really can't wait.
1: Yeah, I'll be in San Antonio for the Rhode Island match hmm. um, on on spring break with the family. I was really hoping that San Antonio had a match there, but they're away that week too. Um, Austin, uh, MLS Austin team has has a home match that week though, so. Might be going to it, um we'll have to see, but it's that'll be about the same time uh it'll be the same day and probably the same time as uh as a united match, so we'll have to see what we decide there but hoping was hoping for a Saturday match in March in San Antonio, but I'll have to
0: maybe just make another trip out to San Antonio there you wow. go. I don't know what we will definitely be sitting down and looking at the calendar, seeing if there's a road trip we can make. Obviously, you know, El, El Paso is one of the ones that's easier for us to get to, but I know you and I would both like to get out to San Antonio, get out to one of those matches. You know, I've already kind of looked at the calendar and I've circled Rhode Island as a potential away day. I've circled North Carolina as a potential away day, but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, no matter where we're at. There's going to be a lot of fun matches, a lot of really great places that we go to this year. And it'll be really interesting to see how this team comes together because mm-hmm. there's going to be, there's been a lot of roster turnover so far, a lot of changes and not a lot of incoming signings, yeah, at not least all... not until today. <laughs> we today. We did have one today. Did have one.
1: I'm very excited about this one. Uh, super excited. I as soon as funding was an announced. I, I vaguely remembered him, I, I thought I remembered him, but I wasn't sure. Uh, so I looked up some some film on him, and, man, he blew me away. Of course, these are highlight packages that you're watching. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to watch a full game of his um, from last year, if I can find it anywhere, mm-hmm. and, and watch. I, I like to do that. If I have the time and the ability, I like to do that with the new signings that I don't know. Um, if, if they're, if one of their matches is readily available, I like to just go watch the whole match and kind of keep my eye on him the whole match to see how he fit into the game. But this guy, I mean, seeing some, some incredible touches, uh, the speed is, is definitely apparent with him. He's not afraid to attack. He, he has scored some goal. He scored several goals, especially he reminds me of, uh, uh, as far as like positionally, he reminds me of what Harry Schwartz does for us. Okay. Um, but on the left side, uh, instead of the right, which is where Harry not always was, but typically was, you know, he's, he's, a and even, even, uh, Zico Bailey, um, another very similar guy where he's, he's, you know, he's lifted as a left back, but he can move up, play the left wing, isn't afraid to get into the opponent's box, isn't afraid to shoot the ball. Had some some goals from outside the box, had some some really nice uh, you know drives to the touchline and cut back passes for some assists uh, or should have been assists, but at the same time defensively he was he seems to get stuck in real well, uh, win the ball back, um, and then and what I really liked was he could he he could get stuck in he could win the ball back and then then he wouldn't like dilly-dally around he would just go and and wouldn't wasn't afraid to dribble at the opponent and and try to create something that way and so one of his goals that I watched from last year was uh, basically an end-to-end goal where you know the team has possession in the back they're kind of just passing it around uh, and then he gets it and has a little bit of space and instead of you know passing it back and forth, trying to break down the, the defensive shape of the other team, he just attacks them. Which sometimes leaves you vulnerable. But if you're able to keep hold of the ball and and get into some dangerous spots, you can do some stuff with it. And And so I'm, I'm really excited for, for what he's going to bring. I think he's going to fit Quill's system um, perfectly, obviously, with him being one of the signings that Quill himself is bringing in. I think it's a good thing. I, I do kind of look at it as possibly the end of, of an Austin Yearwood type uh, stint here, which is sad. But Austin can also play uh, center back, um, especially in like a back three. So the, I don't think the door is completely closed on Austin, but he, he this is uh, a spot that Austin, one of the spots that Austin typically takes up and and this guy i think has the has the ability to come in and start right away for us if he if he can perform uh, up to
0: what i what i think he can austin is one of those guys that we thought might have been gone after 2022 big with how he played and how well he had done and the fact that he came back for another year was was really interesting so if this is a potential signal that we're moving on from austin this is not a bad way to go.
1: Right.
0: Ton of talent. This is a guy that I think can make an immediate impact. You've seen how he, how he plays. You've seen the experience, you know, he's got over 5,000 minutes already at a professional level. And he's only 24. Yeah. Only Only 24. 24. so. So that's, I really like that. He's, he's
1: coming in he's, he's got that experience, but he also can grow. Like you could see him come in and then all of a sudden take off and, and, um, Go from, from a, a a solid to high end League One player to, to a potential breakout player in U S L Championship, and and I like that I, I really do I think he's he has that kind of potential to do that especially at such a young age like you were saying
0: yeah uh, another great uh, well what appears to be a great signing for New Mexico United. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what happens here with the preseason, with the season, see how he fits in, see how he gels, see exactly how he works on that back line for, for Coach Quill. But, you know, again, it, it's it's still early. You know, even though we have 10 weeks to go, it is still very, very early. There's still going to be a lot more signings to come, a lot, of more, a lot more information to come out from the club as the roster continues to get set. Um, did you get an invite to the to the press presser today no i didn't either i haven't gotten
1: anything probably need to shoot uh uh, david an email or a text saying hey i think we got kicked off the email list (laughs) because because i did not get any kind of email usually like when they announce the schedule Hmm. uh, we'll get a media email for that uh when they announce a new player we'll get a media one for that so have not gotten those
0: well, did you notice there wasn't a media vote for the team awards this year? I didn't. I was still in the academy yeah. and everything like that, so I wasn't
1: paying too much attention to that. Yeah, there
0: was not a media vote I, I did get the fan vote one, but there wasn't a media vote one. So but yeah, no, I was I tempted to re- I was tempted to reach out to David about that, but I had the, some meetings at, at work today that I just could not step out of. But mm-hmm. uh would so, have been interesting to talk to him on day yeah. one. Obviously, we're going to have a lot more opportunities to do so going forward. Oh, yeah. but.
1: So we have we have 14 rostered right now. 13, I think, actually. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. 13 rostered right now after we let go of Santi and uh, have brought in two new players. So definitely nowhere near where the the final schedule or final roster will be, we don't have a goalkeeper on the roster yet. Um, we only have really, we've got Hearst as a forward and that's about it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we bring in a, a two or so forwards um, back lines looking fairly good. Could probably use another center back, another couple center backs maybe um, and a couple left back and right backs. Cause at the moment our defense is Seymour Ryden, Astorga, Bailey, who kind of was a fullback, but not really. Um and then and then Flanagan here. So not a not a whole lot of depth back there, but like I said, like typically we have what twenty twenty one, twenty-two people on the roster. Uh to at least start the season So we're probably looking at another Seven or eight players at the very least That'll be coming in still We are behind as far as You know what we normally Have at this year I think Uh so the roster comes out Early but the ro- or the schedule comes Out early but the roster news comes out later Um but We'll we'll see There's a lot of talent there's a lot of A lot of really good talent still available Um especially at the forward position. Uh, you got guys like uh, Damas who's still out there. Um, Cameron
0: Lancaster.
1: Lancaster just got um, unable to come to terms with Lou city. That means that Lou city was like, dude, you're old, you're washed up. We don't want to pay you, but we're not going to tell you that. So we're going <laughs> to offer you this. And if you accepted a, this number, cool. If not, ah, well, well, sorry, man. We've got this Harris guy that we were, we're pretty fond of. So, Lancaster's a name. Thomas is a name. Um, Nico Brett, uh, who obviously was with us already once, uh, he has not been brought back to Birmingham Legion yet. Um, so there's there's a ton of talent out there that's still available. I, I am getting like antsy every time I I see the USL Championship page post that so and so went here or so and so went there, and I'm like, come on! I like poking poking United with a stick, saying, do something. Um, and then, like, well, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like year after year, the announcements are getting more and more boring. Like, remember that two years ago when we had the the sound bites mm-hmm. and I could actually do some, like, detective work? Um, we guessed too many of them. I guess because then I, they, they,
0: they stopped doing it because
1: of us. <laughs> and then, well, and then... Another thing is like even though they don't do that, it's just like, hey, new signing at ten, and usually they post that at like nine.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's like,
1: oh shit, an hour. Okay, which is nice, not having to wait, you know, all day to get to ten o'clock. But at the same time, it's like, man, that was that was kind of fun being like, oh, there's a new signing tomorrow. I got something to look forward to, and not uh, dropping it an hour before. And then honestly, had you not text us, I probably would have missed it.
0: So yeah, for I I got a heads up this morning. So. Yeah. So (laughs) I did get a heads up. So I knew the signing was coming. I knew, you know, I, I, uh, which was good. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was very, it's been very, like you said, it's been different. And I don't think it's, and I don't think there's a lack of excitement from people. I think it's like you said, they've, they've changed the way that they're doing it. But it's, and, and what I have
1: noticed too, is, is it's pretty much every club that are following the same, like, Hey, we're going to tell you, we're going to sign somebody new an hour before we do it and used to be like hey tomorrow 10 o'clock or um a video or a, a sound bite or a silhouette or something now they kind of did that with with um oh i'm i'm drawing a blank Give marco. Me a marco yeah uh they kind of did that with marco with the pokemon thing but i think even that was like hey we're doing this in an hour but at least they had like some weird gimmick thing with the pokemon stuff but i don't know it's it's interesting that they they've changed it up. At the end of the day, I don't really care. I just wanted to see the new players mm-hmm. and learn about them and go from there. So if they can keep them coming, yeah. I doubt we see another one before Christmas. But I wouldn't mind maybe maybe a Suggs uh, or something like that in there. Um, but I don't know. I think one, we one? I
0: think we get one more before Christmas. Think so? I think we have one more. I hope so.
1: There's not a lot of days before Christmas, though. No. And so cutting it close, especially after only having two so far. Hopefully they start rolling in a little more consistently uh, the next month or so. Because typically February, the first week of February, even the last week of January is when preseason starts. So
0: well, as long as we don't have another Radio VUCA situation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. So start
1: announcing them and bringing them in now. And hopefully they can all be here by the time preseason starts.
0: <laughs> oh, I just meant the fact that, you know, I was the worst kept secret in. Oh yeah. No, I don't care about that.
1: It, worst kept <laughs> secrets are our favor, our friend, man.
0: I, I mean, didn't, to be I fair, just didn't like that,
1: I just didn't like that. He didn't get here until way after that. Yeah. That, that was of yeah. the visa stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was an issue. <laughs> um So I don't know which was, which was the worst kept secret, Ratty or Kevon? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Probably Kevon. I mean, he was at the match like he was at he was at the stadium like <laughs> three matches before we announced him, and so. But no, I, I don't know. Yeah, probably, probably Kevon.
0: Yeah. Uh, quick question for you: Did you pay attention to the MLS Super Draft this weekend? A
1: little bit. Um, little bit. um saw that two uh U23 players for New Mexico mm-hmm. United get drafted?
0: That is uh, correct. I'm sure you have names and and stuff up in front of you. Turner Humphrey and Utaro Tsukata, both yeah. from the New Mexican U23 side were taken in the MLS Super Draft. Utaro went in the 20, first round. Yeah, 25th, 25th overall and Orlando Turner, City. Mm-hmm, and Turner went uh 40, 44th overall 44th. to FC Dallas. Yeah. So yeah, the Mexico United players
1: getting some yeah, recognition. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Um uh, a Sacramento Republic player was was drafted. I don't know if you saw that. That was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But no, I think uh I, I I briefly pay attention to that kind of stuff. I don't know enough about college ball to to get too excited about it, but um Colorado, who's a team that I roughly follow, they're not my my number one team, but I, I do like them. Uh, had two picks in the top four, so kind of kept an eye out of what they did, and then then with the United players going, it it was it was an interesting day.
0: Yeah, it was. Obviously, the MLS Super Draft is a, is an interesting day, particularly for collegiate players. Utaro uh, is a collegiate senior who I believe he does not have any eligibility left, so he cannot return to school. Turner, however does still have a collegiate eligibility should he opt to return to school in the fall so if he does that he cannot be drafted again through future versions of the super draft so there's always a potential for him to come back and play for the u23s again should he not go forward with fc dallas but yeah exciting to see you know Mm -hmm. Exciting to see United talent getting out there and being drafted and being given the opportunities to potentially perform, you know, uh, go play for MLS or MLS next pro.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um,
1: for all the shitting on MLS that, that we like to do sometimes, uh, I'm actually, I, I know I'm the biggest MLS fan out of the people on this podcast, but yeah, aside from Atlanta. Like, I'm a, I'm a fan of MLS, period. You're a fan of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Earl, Earl's a fan of Nashville. Not sure he knows where Nashville is. Um, I think originally he just saw the black and gold kind of coloring and was like, oh, United. And then after 60 or so minutes, he was like, oh, I don't know this big white guy in the back with the ponytail. I, I don't know who that is. And then, then he was like, oh... Oh, well, I liked them. Uh, that's how I think that happened. And Earl's not here to uh, argue with me, so we're just gonna roll with that. Um, so, yeah, I I, I don't I, I watched quite a bit of MLS, uh, including you know, especially LAFC and Colorado. And so I like I like what what they do for the most part. Obviously, they do things that that are annoying, especially for U.S. soccer. But at the end of the day, um. They're an entertainment industry, and I'm entertained when I watch most of their matches. So they're doing a good job over there, as far as that is concerned. So hopefully, the next two weeks with uh, MLS stupidity and stuff like that is a little slower, and we get more roster news from United and other other teams from around the league. Is there a signing? that's happened outside of New Mexico United that has really caught your eye?
0: That's hard because there have been a few that's like, okay, like, you know, it's it's been more so I think the the players that haven't been signed or the players who have failed to come to terms, you know, obviously, you know, Lancaster, he's 31, 32. So he's not terribly outside, you know, the the prime. And Lancaster had a pretty good year last year. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, none of the bigger names, I would say, have really made a move yet for the most part. I mean, there've been a couple here and there, but like there hasn't been anything we go, "Oh, hey, that's a that's a really interesting signing, you know. I really want to see how that player c- contributes right. to that new team."
1: I'm I'm a little surprised by Arteaga going from Phoenix to Tampa Bay mm-hmm. on a transfer. Um, that kind of caught me off guard. I thought uh, Artiaga did really well for Phoenix last year and was going to be a big part of their offense going forward this year, but um, he gets transferred. I think that was today, you know, you see here's, it, it was yesterday yes. that he got announced. So that one kind of, kind of took me for, for a bit of a surprise. Um, Epps going to Hartford. Not really a surprise, but um, just a, a good player. I, I know I shit on him in the group message here a while back, mm-hmm. but um, still a good player. We'll see what happens there. I think. I think it's it's weird because Hartford has done this before. They go out, they get a. a Good name attacking player to come over to him, uh, and then they do nothing over there. And so, hopefully, mm-hmm. for Hartford's sake, they can figure something out. But that, and then, then there was a spine. I can't remember what what team it was. I'm trying to trying to figure it out here. But let's see. Give me two seconds. Three seconds. Um. Here we go. So North Carolina. They they brought in they kept they kept several players from their championship winning team last year. Mm-hmm. But then they bring in a ton of players that we have heard of. Um Rodrigo da Costa, formerly of Tulsa, and then went to Memphis for the rest of last season, coming in as a forward. Paco Craig, uh defender from Miami. Um, two, um, former San Diego players in Evan Conway as a forward and Colin Martin, um, as a center mid, and then Jake McGuire as a goalkeeper, all of which are probably starting caliber players on on a good to a, an average to above average, USL Championship, club, and so. And those spending some money. Yeah, those moves. Uh, Makes with you know the the good young core that they had already. Those are going to be you know some 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 good additions there. Rhode Island also, you know they they're doing some some interesting things over there. Coke Vegas coming from um, San Diego. Uh, they got JJ Williams in the fold. They got Prince Sadie in the fold. Uh, Grant Stoneman is a another San Diego player that's. That's moving. Uh, Mark Ibarra, who's a, a center mid from... uh, oh, where did he play last year? Don't remember where he played last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Connor McGlynn from Hartford last year. So they're they're doing some things there that might not jump off the page at you necessarily, but a uh, good solid core of players there to to start building on. So it be interesting to see what they do. Um, what they do there. And then the only other one, uh, Soleniac going back to San Antonio feels, it feels right. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's nice not having him, in El Paso anymore. Cause I couldn't stand him in El Paso. Uh, but now I'm just, just not going to stand him in, in San Antonio. So yeah. they basically traded forwards with, with El Paso, with Justin Dillon going from, sending san antonio to el paso and then soleniac going from el paso to san antonio even if it wasn't the actual move that wasn't the move itself at the end of the day that's what ended up happening so um other than that nothing nothing super jumping off the page i'll be interested to see what uh what rhode island and and north carolina continue to do and then obviously I keep my eye on Phoenix and those guys just to see kind of what's going on, um, with people around us still not a whole lot of movement from older, uh, from players of ours. Obviously we have a Mondo moving on, but I don't think we've had another player announce where they're going yet. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the ones that aren't coming back, we did get a few new, new people that aren't coming back. If I remember right. Um, We knew about Moreno. We knew about Portillo. Um, Zali, we kind of probably already knew. He wasn't with us most of last year. Uh, Borgesland, Kelowna, Garvanian, um, and Waiparlo. And then the only real surprise to me was Parker, um, backup goalkeeper last year. Came in and played admirably when when Tembacus was hurt. Uh, He uh, apparently has has, uh, parted with the club and will not be back, so... That one kind of sucks, but the rest of those, um, I mean, they all always kind of suck. I always like like the guys in some form, but not, none of those really played a big part of the big part for us. Obviously, Borjolin and and Kelowna played quite a few minutes um, with uh, Kelowna when we were getting some injuries back in that back line, and then Bourjelain was brought in to kind of maybe fix the offense. The offense really didn't change when he came in uh clone i thought did, did defend did solid defensively but wasn't a standout i don't think he was going to be a, an everyday player for us uh going into this year so again not a whole lot of surprises there and so we'll see what else happens with the roster from last year um and see if we can bring some people back or not uh hopefully like i said we get that in the next few few weeks
0: yep not a whole lot of time left. Uh, like you said, hopefully we get some of those uh, announcements prior to preseason and then we'll have the opportunity to get out there and see them, see the, see the guys in action and get our first look at the 2024 New Mexico United. Jacob, before we get down here, any closing thoughts?
1: No, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, glad that we came back on. I, I know uh, going to this every other week thing, is, you know, I'm not going to get my my airtime as much as I would have had I been back a little earlier. But as always, it's glad to be back. I'm, I'm getting into the swing of things still. And um uh, just happy that we had, you know, Josh over there in the chat. Uh, we had a decent number of viewers. I, I wanted to go earlier, but Wednesdays just don't work earlier for me. So hopefully next week or in the next couple weeks after the new year, we can get back to our Tuesdays at eight o'clock. And, and drive forward with that Earl couldn't join us uh, We probably should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show um, <coughs> Earl couldn't join us because he opened some boxes And got tired um, He's so old He's yeah. so old But uh, nonetheless uh, It was nice uh, Just having me and you on Being able to talk uh, about the things that have happened And and um, You know I'm excited for the Christmas And the new year and And uh hope that that you're ready for it and everybody out there listening and watching is ready for it. And then, you know, after the holidays are over, um it's it's basically preseason, so can't wait for that. Can't wait for the runners to start up uh soon or did they start already? Uh December thirtieth, their home opener. Okay. So yeah, um excited for that stuff. Hopefully I can make it to a couple of their matches this year and And uh, we can talk about them when we come back after the new year, along with any news that we have for New Mexico United. And hopefully the roster news galore, maybe some preseason schedule coming out at some point in January, uh, obviously. And uh, honestly, and maybe some updates and and news on the stadium um, would be nice as well. I think that's still pretty much a go. So, that's that's good to hear. Now we can maybe get some designs in the works and maybe we can start seeing some some at least sketches of what it could look like or what it's going to look like and, and man, I can't wait for that. A lot of good things happening, a lot of good things happening and, and uh, I'm glad we're here and we're we're still being a part of it after you know, so this is the this is the third off season that we've done it
0: uh, fourth.
1: Well, because we didn't do and we didn't start potties until the beginning of the second season, or did Mm. we do off season after the first season?
0: Oh no, you are you are right. So we did, yeah. So between two and three, between three three, and four, four.
1: and four and five, um, and then then we're starting the fifth season or the sixth. I my days are or my I don't know what the hell is going on with my brain right now, but so so yeah, this is season six. Season six. So yeah. So we've done four off seasons. This is the, the fourth off season that we've done podcasts mm-hmm. for, which is crazy uh to me. And uh just feel feel blessed to be able to to keep doing it and and for you and, and Earl to to keep keep going along beside me and, and dragging me this way or this far so far this season and and uh yeah, just
0: luckier and luckier every day. Not, you won't get any disagreement from me. Like it's, it's been a trek. It really has. It's been a journey. You know, from the, from when we started this prior to season two, and here we are now, getting ready for season six. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bummed. Like, did you see the
1: Rhode Island podcast logo? I have. Yes, it's a freaking sick looking logo. Yeah. And they, have, I don't even know if they've put out an episode yet. And we're here, <laughs> however many hundreds of episodes in and uh and so we're gonna we're gonna fix that we're gonna yeah. fix that um but yeah i i've got nothing else you got something you want to throw at me nope. uh we didn't even do a burning question or anything like that i don't know what the hell's going on with you you guys are slacking <laughs> was, oh don't worry they'll be back why are they gone when they never left before <laughs> um yeah that's that's all i got well uh, the thing
0: it? is the thing is if i ask too many burning questions earl's brain just keep spinning yeah that's true uh how's everton doing uh you know what if not for a 10 point deduction we'd be uh sitting about eighth or ninth in the table well well we don't have what we, we, we're not cheating <laughs> have you seen the amount of money that we've spent compared to city
1: okay <laughs> i'm not saying city's not cheating I'm just saying you obviously also cheat.
0: We just haven't made enough money and profit is the problem. Okay. You know, we haven't made enough in profit from selling players. And yeah, no, it's Everton have, have won six of eight in league. And they've been you know, Premier League had to go back and they put out a tweet showing form over the last, you know, whatever, six, seven, eight games, whatever it was. They left Everton off. Nice despite them having the best point total over that time frame or the second-best point total. So, yeah. premier League had to go back and delete the tweet. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, Everton's playing well. They're playing well. Sean Dyche has them playing I'd have, I'd have left it up there,
1: and then when people pointed it out, I'd be like, well, technically, yes, they have won these matches, but they lost 10 points,
0: so... Well, so that's the thing. It was a form table. It wasn't... You know, know, it wasn't, it wasn't the life was form. Pay. But the minus 10
1: points is part of your form.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's not part of the form. And, and since, since the point deduction, we have won four of six, four of five, four of six. So yeah. we were still in the top half. You're we showing the top like six in that time frame since the points deduction. I don't care. You lost 10 <laughs> points. I can't wait to see how many points city loses. City will never, ever win a title ever again because of it.
1: No, they they just won't win a title that season. (laughs) Because they'll get like 70 points deducted. They'll finish. It'd be funny if they got enough points deducted to be relegated. (laughs) Yeah. And then had to come
0: back. That's what they. should be. Every time we had a 10-point deduction for one charge. For one charge. Yeah. And cities got like 100-something charges filed against them for financial fair play. Yeah. So yeah (laughs) cool well
1: just wanted to touch base on that now i definitely have nothing um we had a a full full slate there ton to talk about with new mexico united uh we'll be back in two weeks hopefully on tuesday um the tuesday i think that's the second actually might be the second so hopefully back on the second at eight o'clock uh with earl and everybody if not we'll be sure to let you guys know uh when when we're gonna get back at it and um you know, we've got a lot going on between now and then with the holidays so be safe out there um, enjoy the holidays if for whatever reason I know a lot of people out there the holidays are hard for them. Um, just keep your head up if you need need to reach out reach out don't be afraid uh, all our social media we have direct messages there you can contact us if you need to. Um, and yeah just uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um until after the first of the year, Somos the news.
0: You've been listening to Somos, Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.